the quantum mechanics. Yes, we're the quantum mechanics. We're the paranormal podcast for believers, doubters, and everyone in between. I wanted to start, Ben, with... Um, I wanted to thank the people who've been listening for leaving reviews. We're getting so many reviews coming through, which is really great. So, A, thank you for doing that. And the other amazing thing, B, is they've all been fantastic, which is great. So I've just picked one of them because... I love this one um, because they're really nice about us, which is always always helpful. (laughs) Um, And I can't say how much it helps. Like growing a podcast, if you don't do a podcast, like I can't explain how difficult it is to grow it. And if you do have a podcast, then you probably do understand. But uh, this is so appreciated, 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 indeed, appreciated, appreciated. Uh, Well, and also I love. I love the fact they're coming from all over the world. This one's from Canada. Okay. Uh, it's uh, It says, I think this was on Apple Podcast, it was posted. It says, if you are interested in the strange and unusual as I am, this podcast is for you. Ben and Peter obviously put an incredible, incredible amount of time and energy into researching for the show. Each episode is as informative uh, as can be when talking about the paranormal and unknown. They certainly do their homework. Now, don't think this is a dry, explanatory podcast. The two are very humorous and always have me laughing, which I like. That's very nice. They cover some interesting topics uh, and personal perspectives on each topic. If we are, I like this bit a lot. If we are living in a simulation, I have been coded to follow TQM, and maybe you have too. I highly recommend giving them a listen. Thanks, Ben and Peter. Keep up the awesome work. That's from Kate Purnell. Uh, Sunshine Coast in Canada. Oh, I love Canada even more now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh, I've uh, I've never been, but I will now. Um, bizarrely, we are number one hundred in Indonesia at the moment, so maybe that review helped. Yeah. Well, if we're number one hundred in Indonesia, I want an Indonesian review to talk about next week. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the other thing I want to briefly mention before we get into uh today's episode is i'm really excited about this ben i don't know if you've seen this news i'm just going to read it because it's fantastic a new film which will explore the story of jeff the talking mongoose oh jeff has entered production in leeds us entertainment news site deadline has revealed that simon Pegg, shawn of the dead hot fuzz and mini driver have signed on to star in Nando Foda and the Talking Mongoose. Wow. Well, oh. I like to think that, well, we didn't get there first, but we got there before them. Well, I think when we did that episode all the way back, we said somebody's got to do a movie yeah. of this, and some really good people look like they're doing it. I mean, Simon Pegg, I can, I can almost visualise it. I think when we talked about it on the podcast, when we did the episode and... Uh, interviewed Christopher Joseph, who wrote the the Jeff Talking Mongoose book uh, about the case. We said at the time you could see this kind of slightly quirky, soft kind of British comedy, rather than it being you know sensationalist American vibe to it. So yeah. uh, that sounds really promising. The title itself sounds like it's going to be that kind of style. So yes, really look forward to that. Oh, I hope Christopher's involved because... Um, uh, yeah, I was thinking that, actually. Yeah, it's an extraordinary story and I can see how it can 
you, you know, fall into like a comedy bracket in in the nicest possible way because I, like our conclusion was it's probably a trickster, so it deserves to be in the comedy bracket. But yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. I think that's great, and I love yeah. Simon Pegg. So yeah, that's yeah, yeah, brilliant. That's 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 fantastic news. Okay, what have you got for today for us, Ben? <laughs> okay, well, I this is a little surprise for you so since we've been doing this show which is since march 2020 i think so a little over two years i meet people who i know are listeners and they tell me things and obviously i've got extended family uh who tell me stories and so not all the stories that we get fed back come via social media they just come to me and when they started coming to me, I thought, oh, this could be a really good episode. So I have selected four of the stories that have emer- uh, have emerged since we started telling this. And, and they all come to me from people who don't want to be identified, but they all swear it's true. I could give you their names, but they don't want their names to be spoken about but they all relate to a specific topic that we have covered in the past and i think every one of them it's so good that i thought well look i'm just going to make this into an episode tell you the stories and then we can talk about how they refer back to the original concept that we did speak about and but mainly they are brilliant fireside tales but i can assure you none of these are creepypasta none of them are made up they all are related to me the reason they they have a similar style to them is because they've all been told to me verbally so i have had to write them down into a style that makes sense for you the listener before you go on to that i have Mm. to say ben it's like it's like old school isn't it Mm. it's like i've got this vision of you out there with your notepad Oh, yeah. Like an old old school journalist. Who needs that internet and stuff? Well, obviously we do if you want to listen to this, but so I love that. That's great. You're like an old Bobby on the beat. Yeah, I am an old Bobby on the beat or more likely a stringer just going around finding these stories. Yeah, yeah, cool. And they come in no particular order, but the order I've put them in, when I say no particular order, there is a particular order. I've put them in the order where I thought, good Lord, the most. And my very first one comes to you from an ex-colleague. And again, as I say, they're all anonymous. And I've called this one the cot imposter. I like that already. And it goes like this. One night, I was woken by the screams of our six-month-old baby. He was in his cot, and it was about 3am. I turned over to see that my husband wasn't in bed, which is not unusual, as he worked long hours and sometimes resorted to sleeping in the attic bedroom when he had an early start. I stumbled into the child's bedroom, turned on the light, and began to settle him. He didn't have a dirty nappy, and I'd only fed him about two hours previously, And it didn't take me long to get him back to sleep with some cradling and some music from the radio I had had on standby. With relief, I left the bedroom and began to make my way back to our bedroom and came face to face with my husband. 
and I nearly fainted when I saw that he had our child in his arms. He asked me what I was doing up, and I couldn't talk. He said he'd been comforting the baby downstairs for half an hour and had only just got him back to sleep. I didn't know what to say as he walked past me to the child's room. I heard him settling the child in and when he came out I was still there completely confused. The rest of that night I sat in tears explaining to my husband what I had done and seen and he put it down to a dream but I know for sure it wasn't a dream. The child is at university now and nothing else weird has ever happened to us but I cannot explain this evening. My husband laughs it off but I can't. I know what I saw and I know what I did. Wow. And when she told me that story, obviously, as probably lots of you have done now, the hairs on the back of my neck stood up and I was trying to rationalise what on earth could have happened. And when she told me, she sort of said it in a way where she didn't want to tell me, but she'd heard our episode on Doppelgangers and said, well, this thing did happen to me. And I know her. She She's a professional woman. She doesn't make stuff up. I don't think she even believes in anything that we talk about. And yet, she had this night where she went to comfort a baby that somehow didn't exist. And, and I found that, that a remarkable story. That's incredible. So, so if, we go, if we go back a bit, just so I'm clear, she's lying in bed. Uh, she hears the noise of her child, realises her husband's not next to her, but that's not unusual. Correct. <laughs> that sounds wrong. Um, she gets <laughs> up, <laughs> goes into the kid's bedroom. Yeah. Did you say she picked up the child? Oh, yeah, yeah, just, she picks it, up the child. Wow. She feeds it some milk from a bottle comforts it, it. she puts on some music to comfort it puts it back into bed it falls asleep she walks out the room there's her husband carrying the baby and and he says well i've been up for half an hour looking after the baby downstairs because you kind of go you're right you kind of the the skeptic side goes it was a dream but if it was a dream, she was sleepwalking, right? Yeah. she ends up in a different place and her husband is there and she sees him with the child. And if you're sleepwalking, I mean, I've never particularly done it myself, but I've seen people who are sleepwalking. They're in a different, almost like a different realm. Do you know what I mean? That's and when right. They, yeah, yeah. And when they, come, when they come out of that, they kind of know that something's weird so your lasting feeling would not be one of kind of dismay that you've seen your husband with the child and what the hell has just happened back there you'd be like oh I've come out of some weird experience do you know what I mean and you know what I mean you'd feel it rather than the logical experience of hold on a second I was just in there so wow okay yeah. and, and and it just so she only told me this after she'd heard the doppelgangers episode because 
in that, we talk about so many cases where people see somebody that they recognize and even interact with them. They have a conversation with them. Yeah. And it turns out that it couldn't possibly have been with them. And then you sort of, you know, the skeptical side says, well, maybe it was just somebody who looked like them or they were imagining it or whatever. But in this case, and I know it's probably easier to rationalize somebody who is going to be sleep deprived because they got a six month old baby and they're taking it in turns with their husband to get up and look after it. But the fact that she has this aftermath where she is up and upset speaking to her husband after the incident and and he's like look honestly i wouldn't worry about it so to this day he just says oh it's a funny thing that she said but he doesn't put any weight in it at all right she, i was going to ask what his his view on no it no was. he 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 still he still says it was her imagination but right. she absolutely insists that she got up and she fed this baby and put it back to bed. She can even remember the radio station that she tuned into to get him back to sleep because it, it was Radio 6, actually, BBC Radio 6, because she said that was what we always had on at night. Good choice. And that was what got him settled down. And you might ask, as an observer, so did she go back into the bedroom to see how things had changed since her her you know her actual child was settled down uh well she did she went in before she went back to bed after her husband had dealt with the baby she did go back in and nothing was amiss the baby was still wearing the same clothes as whatever it was that she had dealt with and the bottle of milk that she had fed her non-child with was still at the same level that she'd left it but her husband said well that's explainable and whatever but she says no it's not explainable and explainable sorry (laughs) well well so he says well you just you know before we'd gone to bed you're in a state and you were just dripping milk everywhere well no no she he had said to her like before you went to bed you'd fed the baby you changed the nappy you just don't remember how full the bottle of milk was and this is all this is all in your imagination this is a panic dream because you're worried about the child and you would heard us get up move around this had turned into a dream you had then lived out some of that dream and then you'd got up because you were you were imagining that something was happening when it wasn't and then when you'd walked down the corridor, you saw the child wasn't there. And then I came in and said, here he is. I'm looking after him. And that's when he says, you sort of said, no, no, I've been looking after him. And he said, well, that is the difference between um, you having a dream and then sort of getting up because you believe it and me actually doing the work and getting up with the kid. And she says, no, 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 no. I remember I got up. I remember checking the nappy. I remember preparing the milk. I remember thinking, where are you, husband, remembering, oh, you've got an early start the next day. You're going to be upstairs in bed thinking, oh, I'm really pleased that I've got the child back to bed. The only thing they both agree on 
is that when he picked up the baby, the radio wasn't on. And when uh, she, well, when he went back in to put the real, the real, in inverted commas, baby back in, the radio was on. But he doesn't see, he doesn't see that as a big mystery. He thinks that's just her putting the radio on because they all know in the household that that soothes the baby. But if you can get away with turning it off before you leave the room because the baby's asleep, you do turn it off in case there's a record that wakes the child up. That's kind of the way they work. But she she swears blind that that night she looked after something that wasn't her child. Well, I've got lots of questions. But firstly, I have to say... It's tough enough bringing up and looking after a six-month-old baby without having to do it with a kind of phantom doppelganger as well. It's like double the workload, which is a nightmare. So I have complete sympathy for her in that front. <laughs> you know, you know what it is? To change a nappy, do the feed, get up, it's like great. And it wasn't even a, a real baby. It was a phantom <laughs> baby. <laughs> well, I'm extremely pissed off. It, but... It, and, and, and bearing in mind, like this, this happened quite a while ago. Because I say this, this, uh, this baby's at university now. I think yeah. they're twenty, so this happens around two thousand one, two thousand and two. But it, I also, but you know, joking aside, it kind of does. You know, you do think there is something mischievous about that. You know, we were just talking yeah. about Jeff. You know, you're you're like you said, you're looking after a six month child. You're a bit sleep deprived. You know, I know what I'll do. <laughs> I'll get them up and pretend to be a baby. They can go through all the hassle of kind of feeding and changing the nappy. And I've been there. You just go, please just go back to sleep, please. And then, yeah, for it not to be real. I, I, I've probably got loads of questions which you might not be able to answer, but I'm going to ask them anyway. Okay. Um, did your friend say how she felt about putting the baby back into that room was there some worries from her about that or, or even going forward no she didn't specifically mention the room but she did say that she felt differently about the house afterwards and uh, when it took them about five years to move they did move but it was about five years later but i think that was down to circumstance yeah but I think the the way that I remember her telling me the story, she said they were quite pragmatic about the fact that they didn't have, you know, enough money to, to move at the same time uh, as this incident. She's on maternity leave. Um, her husband was actually starting a new business at the time. And also her husband, you know, I, I don't want to misrepresent this. He's, he's not, when I say he doesn't believe her, he's not... Um, not in a bad way, but he just yeah, doesn't yeah. believe no, no, that this incident is paranormal. And, yeah. and, and and he sees no reason to run away from the house. He sees his wife, who's gone through the trauma of childbirth and raising and stuff, has just imagined something that didn't happen. Sleep-deprived imagination. Sleep-deprived imagination. And he didn't hear the crying. He, he heard his wife moving around, but he just put it down to his wife moving around. He thinks that nothing untoward happened that night. Whereas she swears blind that the account that I just gave you is exactly what happened. And she says she can remember every single detail 
because yeah because of the shock of what happened yeah, after yeah, it yeah. solidified the memory and yeah, so yeah. she remembers the checking of the nappy the feeding of the bottle the rocking of the child the settling it down the can i leave the room now feeling and it's she says for her it was all great as she slowly closed the bedroom door very very gently so as not to wake it and yeah. creeps down the hallway fully expecting to just get back into bed and comes face to face with the child <laughs> that she just laid down and she said it was uh it was a game changer she felt a mixture of shock panic disbelief and then like as i said she said she spent a good three or four hours crying in bed trying to explain to her husband what had just happened and him being sympathetic but going look you're all right this is just something that happens this is this is just the way that new parents are you don't need to get upset about it and her going no you don't understand this actually happened and he's like yeah i know you think it did i know you think it did but it didn't because as you saw I just fed him downstairs in the kitchen. But to this day, they will not agree on it. I know they weren't. I, I've Before I wrote this up, I just messaged her to say, I'm going to include it. Are you still cool with it? And she was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But my husband, he still doesn't believe me. So I think, I think the other thing that's really interesting to me about it is this was many years ago, right? By the sounds of it. Yeah, 20 years ago, yeah. Yeah, so, but her belief in it if that's the right word of what her certainty let's say not belief yeah certainty certain, yeah certainty of what happened and that it wasn't a kind of sleep sleep deprived slightly sleepwalky incident her belief that's not belief what did i say Are you, uh, certainty her certainty that it was something strange and unusual hasn't diminished over that 20-year period, which I think is really interesting because you would, over time, go, you know what, yeah, maybe I was. You know what I mean? The fact that she's not feeling that way I think is incredibly interesting. Yeah, I I do too. I do too. And... Uh, you know, I think like everything else that we ever speak about, we'll never get to the bottom of it. But all I can, all I can say is that she is absolutely a hundred percent adamant that this is this is the true course of events that night. And wow. and I've spoken to her. I said, you know, like fairy law and putting in changelings into child's bedrooms. Although changelings, they normally you know, in the in the folklore, they they take the original baby, and it's usually you know, changelings is um, usually a very sort of nasty way of explaining babies who um, aren't of full health. And so I, you know, I I don't I don't want to push that point, but I I I said to her, you know, like. Uh, and then she said, no, 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 but the reason I spoke to you about it was because of the Doppelgangers episode you did. And I yeah. didn't know about Doppelgangers until you'd brought up Doppelgangers. Right. And then she said, that's what I feel I encountered was a Doppelganger. And, and did, she, uh, did she have uh, any theory of 
No. There's no rationale from her point of view. No, or it, no it rationale could be this whatsoever. or it could be that. Or... No, no. Wow. No. And, and the fact that the baby behaved and looked exactly like her child is is the other oddity around it. Like, it's dressed the same, it behaves the same, it looks the same, it it it, it has that, as she described it, it was miserly until she gave it some milk and then yeah. it fell asleep and then it well, started... Well, and, ba- and babies smell, you know, you know yeah. the smell of your child, you know? Yeah. Wow. So, That's incredible. That's incredible. Uh, I, I'm, I'm really glad your friend let us... Uh, share that story um that's amazing and and bearing in mind um because the the child is now an adult she has told that child the story and he lulls it off he 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 goes with his dad by the way he's he because um he didn't know this story i think if i remember correctly she said we told him about it one night on holiday when he was about 14. And the dad said, this is your mum. She was she was crazy when you were when you were growing up. You were, you know, as a baby, you were quite hard work. And she was like, well, no, I think it was real. But the kid is like, no, I think I think I'm going to go with dad. So he's he's with dad on this. He, he doesn't think anything paranormal happened. I love the fact they told him on holiday in a kind of strange environment and they said, anyway, <laughs> that's what happened. Off you go to bed, back to your room. <laughs> you wouldn't sleep a wink, would you? <laughs> no, probably not. <laughs> um, okay, well, let's move on to the next one. This comes from an extended family member. And... Um, I've tried, I'm not sure why I gave all of these a title. I think it was because I was writing them up. I needed to separate the stories. I called. No, this I one, like it. I want to hear what you've come up with. It gives the, the, me a bit well, of a... Well, this Whoa. one's just called the phone call. And this happens... Well, the, the, the date is included in the story. And this comes from a member of my extended family. And it goes like this. I was in the theatre one night in about 2007... And during the interval, I checked my phone and saw that I had a voicemail. I wasn't expecting a call. So I checked the message and it was a work colleague asking me to phone her back. She didn't explain why, uh, which was odd for a weekday evening. I tried her phone, but it was engaged. So I went back to the show and half an hour later, I had to reject an incoming phone call from her. I was getting worried about what was happening. So I slunk off to the toilets and called her back. Hello, I said. Sorry I missed your calls. What's up? Nothing. I wondered why you called me. I was worried. No, I said. You phoned me. I didn't. I've been with my mother in hospital and my phone was off. No, the message where you asked me to call you. I didn't call you though. And so it went on. Until her husband came on the line and told me somewhat grumpily that his wife had not touched her phone until I called her that evening. I didn't think any more about it until the next evening when about nine o'clock my colleague called me again. That previous evening her mother had fallen in the shower and had been rushed to hospital and that's where she was when I was speaking to her on the phone. But she had passed later that night. And that's the length and breadth of the story. But 
what she told me when I went back to her and said, I'm going to feature this story, I said, why do you think this might have happened? Why, why then and why now? And she said, oh, I think it was my mother trying to find me somebody to speak to who could comfort me in her hour of passing. And she's like, I think that's the, the, the best explanation because those, those two colleagues were, were good friends, but they, the, the only weird thing about it is they'd only been good friends since they're working together for like, as I understand it, like about 18 months. It wasn't, we weren't childhood friends or anything, but um, yeah. So weird phone call. Um, it just made me think of um, phone calls from the dead. Well, phone calls from the dead, and uh, there was a bit of kind of banshees in it as well. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Kind of high tech banshee, who mm. the kind of the Elon Musk of the banshee world kind of vibe to it, where it's you know moving. Because I think we actually we did talk about it in that episode, uh, calls from the dead, which was about. It wasn't just phone calls, was it? It was also about Facebook and other things and social media and that's right, yeah, yeah text I, messages I, and things, text yeah. messages, all kinds of stuff in that one. Yeah, yeah, that fascinating. I think we said on that episode, it's fascinating to think. Okay, in some way, if we if we go with uh, your friend's thoughts about what it could be, that the spirit of someone has worked out how to manipulate a phone and or at least make you believe <laughs> that they've manipulated a phone which i guess is the other distinction did she yeah. receive the call or in some way did it create the illusion that they'd received a call uh yes but i think it's the uh it, it's the voicemail that makes them phone them back and 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 um oh, sorry i didn't quite so so a voicemail uh, with the voice of her friend was left on the phone, was there? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, wow. Okay, sorry. I slightly missed that. I thought it was almost like there was no message on the phone, but it was like, a, it, you know, like when your voicemail no, kicks in no. and someone hangs up, but there was a No, was no, a no, 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 no. Her, her, she, she got a Whoa. voicemail from her colleague saying, please, can you phone me back? Right. That's what made her think, oh, okay, something is wrong because she works in an industry where you wouldn't normally expect to be working out of hours, yeah. which is why... And, and just to be clear, it was her friend's voice rather than the, you know... It was you her friend's... Mr. Call, please call. No, no, it's her friend's no. voice. It's wow. her friend's voice. And, and when she gets into this conversation with her friend about, you know, I'm calling you, what's up? And she said, oh, I didn't call you. The reason that she then hands over to what I described as her somewhat grumpy husband and she didn't know it at the time is because she's dealing with her dying mother yeah. and she doesn't want to, like, say that at the time. So she passes the phone to her husband who basically says, look, look my wife hasn't touched the phone all evening. I don't know what you're talking about. And and he's quite short with her. And uh, I, I suspect, you know, he didn't mean to be, but, you know, when your mother-in-law yeah, is... Yeah, it's not your is, priority. It's yeah. not the priority. Yeah. But she she's, she's at a theatre show. She doesn't expect it. Then she she's 
trying to handle these calls the best she can in between um, performances and uh, breaks. And and but the 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 most mysterious thing, as you point out, is the fact that there is a voicemail at the at the beginning, which her friend claims is not her. It's not her voice. Well, it's well, it's her voice. Yeah, it obviously convinced her friend it. that it was right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So if we go with the um, the 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 logic of what they think it might be that would mean the spirit of the person's mother not only had worked out how to either operate no must have worked out how to operate a phone right because they left a message and to mimic their daughter's voice on that message that's right yeah wow that's right okay wow and um, and if it's not that then it's even weirder isn't it yeah so it's a so it's either a trickster but doing it for the right reasons yeah. or it's her mother trying to find comfort for her yeah. or or it's something else that we don't we don't understand but and again you may you may not know the answer to this but uh did did your friend find or, or give that person comfort during that period oh yeah did it work did it work is what i'm saying oh yes but it would have worked without the phone call i mean she was a good friend she ended up she 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 went to the funeral of her mother they still go on holiday together her husband their husbands are best friends they're best friends um they you know they they couldn't be um you know really they couldn't really be closer and yet this very mysterious anomaly happened in their relationship that none of them can explain. So like most instances like this, it, it goes unmentioned. And, uh, and again, you may, have, you may have said this already, but just so I double check, when I'm obsessed with the voice message now mm. more than anything, but when the voice message was left, uh, was the mother still with them or had she passed by then now that is a very good point i i don't know um i should have perhaps asked that i i get the impression that yes she was i get uh, i think she was because that's the way that's the way i did when you told the story which which kind of puts it into a different perspective then then it feels a bit more banshee like to me yeah, I get the impression. She, no, okay. So re so rereading it, I think she probably would not have spoken to her if her if her mother had passed away. Yeah. Um, I didn't I didn't get the exact timings of the death, but yeah, no, I I believe she was still in care when this uh, this back and forth was happening. Okay, so that is a bit more. Yeah, there's a premonition element to it as well. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. But um, it, that whole <laughs> phone calls from the dead, I know this isn't a phone call from the dead, this is a imposter uh, phone call from the dead, but I thought that was uh, that was super interesting. Yeah, really interesting. Well, and the fact that there's, there's there was a message is, is incredible. Yeah, it's really weird. Yeah, um, wow. This next one, you remember how 
we covered the uh, the Phantom uh, petrol station that, oh, I love that was story. yeah the the longest running thread on the Fortean Times message board. Well, I got that. I well, I say I got sent this by a listener. I didn't get sent it. I I got told it by somebody that I know locally who listens to the show, right? And I thought this was. Because I said, how have you not told anyone this before? And what all these stories have in common is they are triggered by listening to one of our shows because they come from people who don't, you know, they don't work or think about the paranormal. And so they just put it down to something else. But I really like this one. I really like this one. I find this one extraordinary. And... um, They say, so, I was on a business trip to France in 1992. I had expected it to be an overnight trip, but heavy seeds prevented me from taking a return trip on the day intended. And so I found a small B&B just outside of Calais. It was a wonderful experience. The host was fluent in English, and she provided me with a huge room, a magnificent evening meal, and some of the nicest baked goods I'd ever eaten for breakfast. Oh, that sounds amazing. I know. (laughs) I knew I wanted to take my wife there for a shopping trip stopover, so I noted down her address and phone number, paid in cash, and happily came home on the ferry, the seas now being calm. A few months later, I decided to book that trip. My wife was keen, and I phoned the number. A surly man speaking in French answered, and I used my very basic skills to explain that I wanted to book a room. The phone was slammed down on me. I tried three more times with similar results until I eventually spoke to a teenage-sounding girl who could communicate with me in English. I explained what I wanted, and she said that I had the wrong number and there was no B&B there. And then, so to complete the story, as in modern times, we get, you know, 1992, there's no such thing as Google Maps or anything like that and this had stuck with this guy and he was like i must have got the number wrong i explained to this girl and she was like yeah 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 but there's no bnb here anyway goodbye anyway he about 10 years ago checked the vicinity to kind of like really frustratingly going come on I must be able to find this place. In, and, and with any good luck, it's still going. There's no B&B listed there. He did a street view. None of the buildings there look like the how he remembers the B&B he's, he stood in. He said about once a year, he does a Google search for the name of the owner and the name of the house. Can't find it at all. Doesn't seem to exist. Can't understand why he can't find it. And then when he heard that um, uh, the disappearing gas station, he said, "I think I might have, I might have encountered something similar." And oh, well, that's 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 really interesting because there is, it's the the gas station story <clears throat> is amazing, and it always reminds me of the other one, the um, story of the woman who goes into a cafe. I think it's in Piccadilly Circus. I yes, believe. yes. And she, she kind of she has food or coffee or something. Coffee, I believe. She has a coffee in there. She goes to have a job interview. 
comes back out and the place has gone completely and it was an old place that was there but was closed down many many years ago but she spent time in it there is something it's so mind-blowing to think that there is a chance that you spent by the sounds of this story a considerable amount of time you know a night yes (laughs) in a place that doesn't exist yes absolutely wow and and you know, he's absolutely convinced he wrote the name down and the number down correctly. Absolutely convinced he knows where it is. And the fact that he cannot find hide nor hair of it, even historically, I mm. think is weird. Because that because the, what you talk about there in Piccadilly Circus, historically that cafe was there. That place did exist. Yeah. That's right. But he can't even find whether this place ever did exist. And, and, and the other thing that I did ask him, and he just he just couldn't remember because it would have been an interesting detail that I would have liked to include. But um, when he said he paid in cash, and I said, "Oh, that's why do you pay in cash?" He was like, "It's 1992. Everyone paid in cash." Yeah. I'm like, okay, fair enough. And I said, "Do you remember how much you paid? Was it a the current rate?" Mm-hmm. And he said, I, I can't remember. He said, it didn't surprise me how much it was. It wasn't... It wasn't like, that's incredibly cheap. It no, it right. wasn't overly expensive or overly cheap. And the currency that they used, which would have been francs back then, was um, was accepted. There was no, like, oh, that's a note I don't recognise. And he wasn't, yeah, as you say, it wasn't surprisingly cheap. So there is that weird anomaly in it but that is also true in the disappearing gas station there isn't a there there isn't a note there that the the price of the fuel was incredibly cheap it was it was just a different sort of fuel and so you know i don't know whether this is part of the anomaly or it could it it's completely possible completely possible that he wrote the number down wrong misremembered where it was Mm. and that b&b is you know two miles away to the north and he just misremembers the entire situation because he was tired and stressed about not being able to get the boat back it's that's completely possible it's possible. And that landlady's there going, I knew he wouldn't come back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. I knew I shouldn't have made those fresh croissants yeah. for Oh, him. I put it all out. I made my best croissants. I, 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 go back. He he just stumbled across this place. He, it wasn't like he hadn't pre-booked it or anything like that. He just, he just spotted it and went in. No, so from what... Um, Which, what again, I, I remember going on holidays in Europe around that time and... I remember going with my family. Yeah, I was, and yeah, I remember we just, I was quite young, but I remember you would. You'd just drive around and there'd be signs up with, you know, vacancies, a bit like anywhere really. And you just, you just do that rather than pre book. We tend to pre book things these days, don't we? That's right. And so from what he remembers, and again, I didn't include it in the story because he doesn't remember exactly how it happened, but when, uh, when the seas are too rough for the ferry, you basically, back then, you jump in a, a cab and say, take me to the nearest hotel or B&B. And quite often they would have deals with with the owners of those places. And yeah, from what he... Re- or whatever. 
Yeah, from what he remembers, he just jumped in a cab and said, can you take me somewhere close by that has a vacancy? And this is where he ends up. And and he said, I think that's how it happened. I can't be sure. I can't remember. But I do remember feeling pleasantly surprised when I got there because my room was amazing and the meal was amazing. He said mm. I, I'd reconciled myself to just having a really miserable night because I couldn't get back on the ferry and finding out that it was an incredible night and everything was much better than he could have imagined. Yeah. Because if you go with the cab theory, that would mean he also got into a phantom cab or the cab driver was also uh, bewitched by this phantom place. Uh, Well, it could have been, or it could have been that uh, I think if it was a phantom B&B, it's possibly more likely that the cab driver was just scouring the streets looking for a sign which said vacancies and dropped him off. And... There's no reason why a jobbing cabbie would necessarily know that this place didn't actually exist in reality. Or I suspect probably if it existed for this this evening, he was surprised to see it there, saw that it had vacancies and said to his passenger, well, you should try there. Yeah. Um, without realising, you know, if you, if you haven't, driven down there for a few months you might go oh that's a new place oh well yeah yeah it's got vacancies i'll just say to my passenger there you go um so apart from the fact that the rooms and the food and everything which i'm going to come on to actually was amazing while he was there did he say did he have a kind of vibe or feeling about the place that was either positive or negatively out of kilter no he just said the whole place was brilliant he said that he got looked after so well um his room was so comfortable and tidy and i I suspect like because it took him i've condensed down like a two-hour conversation where i've sort of Mm. quizzed him on all these things and quite often he can't explain or can't answer some of those things but what he said was basically you know to paraphrase i got there i was exhausted i got shown this room which i was expecting to just be what you normally get in those b&b's near calais which is a functional or barely functional bed and a shower what i got was a palatial suite and then when i said is there dinner and she said oh yes come downstairs he said i was served he said i can't really remember what it was but i remember thinking this is better than i would have got at some hotels he said i just remember it being absolutely gorgeous and then getting up the next morning to catch the first ferry back how you know hoping that the seas are calm and he said he got down there and he just had like this amazing uh array of incredible baked goods he said it was one of the nicest croissant i've ever eaten i remember that um he said i just ate paid and left because i was more concerned about catching that first ferry back because i wanted to get home and all he said is i remember thinking staying here is such a treat and and him thinking I need to bring my wife here because we like coming on shopping trips to Calais. And normally, you, you know, you, it's very difficult to find somewhere to stay. And he's thinking, well, this is this is like a, a, 
a, a hidden gem I need to bring her here because she would just be impressed by the evening meal, let alone the room. Yeah, and you never find those hidden gems, or you rarely do. I also kind of felt that I had this thought in my head that he stayed the first night, thought this is so great, and may have asked to stay for a second night, and the owner would have said, oh, no, we're... uh we're rematerialising in Dusseldorf tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But what I was going to come back to is parts of that story reminded me of a bit of fairy folklore as well. Yes. Yeah, they definitely Almost do. a modern twist on fairy folklore that, you know, this amazing place, you've got the amazing food, and like we've said many times before, you, you stick one of these amazing cakes in your pocket and then it's, you know, you wake up the next day and it's leaves. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there there yeah. was something about that story that was very, very fairy folklore as well to me. Well, th- there's also something about that story that reminds me, I don't know if... I can't remember that episode, whether I told the story about... Um, my own experience with the Chinese restaurant. Did I tell that tell that story? Did that does that ring a bell? It's hard because I can't remember if you've told me if vaguely, in real life or for, on the podcast. Go yeah. for it. If we if well, we've forgotten it, probably the listeners. <laughs> okay, well, if you don't remember it, this is something that like my my partner who definitely doesn't enjoy the ghost stories as much as i do but she will if any of you ever meet her in real life she will swear to you that this is true when we were just getting together we used to do weekends away and you would get um good deals if you if you um book a a a hotel which is a conference hotel at the weekends you get really good deals because they're not they're just not full at the weekends but the the rooms tend to be really really good and really really cheap and we would combine that with perhaps going out to a club and going out for dinner and we went to one that was um just outside chester it was a conference hotel there's nothing weird about that i can show you the booking form i know exactly where it is but the first night we arrived we went to find somewhere for dinner and we just drove out and it was like a november december evening full of mist and weirdness and we came across this chinese restaurant and it was it was under glass and it had a river running through it and the food was extraordinary it was really really good food it was like the best chinese food we've ever had and we said oh god we got to go back there just for that chinese restaurant and we went back again and we asked at reception, going, how do we get to this Chinese restaurant? They couldn't remember it. They Well, they didn't know of it because we just stumbled upon it. We looked around the areas. We've done Google search. We've done everything. Cannot find it. It's as mysterious as this B&B. And wow, to this no, day, not told me that story. we say to each other, if we could find where this place is, we would go back there because it was it was brilliant and and out the thing that we both remember is it being a really like heavy miserly day full it's dark because it's winter and the air is just completely damp and we walked in just the journey from the car into the restaurant we were like just moist from the atmosphere and we walked in and it was joyful there was the sound of the stream there was chinese music playing there were koi carp in in the little stream 
And we so you say the stream, was the stream go through the restaurant? Yeah, the say? stream went through well, the restaurant. Is, which is extraordinary. I don't think I've ever seen that before. That's so weird. And it, well, it might have been an artificial one, but it was, but there was still, a little, it's, yeah, wow. there, there was a little stone bridge that you walked over to get to your table. And I, ha- I remember having the best prawn toast I've ever eaten. It was, it was an absolute feast. It was beautiful food. And we both said, gosh, this is like, we have to come back. Never been able to find it. So I've searched, I pro- again, like this guy, I probably search once a year just in case I've got the search terms wrong, but never can find it. But it, what's interesting, no, I don't think you have told that story before. I thought you were going to tell a different story, but that, that is amazing. And what, what, what both stories have got and other stories I've heard like this, there always seems to be this almost joyous, almost trippy quality to what's going on. Do you know what I mean? A kind of too good to be true, uh, a slightly surreal feel to what's going on. Like, you know, your your friend in Calais who is, you know, he's in a lovely suite. The food is almost, you know, Michelin star for a and b This yeah. example where that setting sounds just like something out of a kind of movie and the food is so amazing that i find really interesting and bizarre I hadn't thought of that before yeah it's almost an ecstatic feeling do you know what i mean it's almost almost slightly i always maybe maybe i'm reading too much into it but it it's and i'm not saying this was what was with happening with you or the guy in cali it always feels slightly drug induced you know what I mean? Kind of perfection. Yeah. Well, again, fairy folk. Yeah, that's, yeah. Oh, my God, that's amazing, Ben. So there is a chance. I mean, yes, you may have just stumbled across this fantastic restaurant that nobody, even the hotel, doesn't know where it exists. But let's put that aside. Let's say let's say that it doesn't exist. You might have eaten in a fairy folk restaurant. How weird is that? It is weird. So again, did you pay by cash? I don't know. I cannot remember. I cannot remember because it's now 22 years ago. I can't remember. Uh, And But uh, but you're right, kind of back then, kind of you did pay more in cash because I don't know where, where, where we were in terms of machinery, but everyone thinks, you know, there's no kind of... Um, tap and go stuff you know I, I, I remember it being in restaurants where they'd have that little machine and the the, yeah, the, the bits of paper swipe. with yeah, stuff and you'd right. swipe your card yeah. and have to sign and yeah uh i i'm not going to claim it was paranormal i i'm more inclined to say that I, we, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we might have just gone to somewhere that wasn't well known and perhaps shut down quickly afterwards but you never know. But all I can say is that it was the best Chinese food I've ever eaten in my life. And probably once a month, me and Rach will say, I fancy Chinese, but it's not going to be as good as the place with the stream. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, if only there was a kind of app, like an Uber Eats, where you could, you know, fairy folklore eats where you could go and get <laughs> to these fantastically brilliant places would be amazing wow well, okay 
Uh, it fascinates me that uh, it is that. I mean, maybe that says something about me, but I uh, there's that just that weird feeling that it's too good to be true. Not the story, but the place. Yeah, I had I had not thought of that until you said that, and that is that's a very interesting angle on it. Yeah, although I have to say, angle. you you and your partner staying in conference centres at the weekend is a little bit Alan Partridge. <laughs> We didn't have much money at the time, and I no, it's do a remember. Good plan. Did you have a big plate for breakfast? Oh, we never did the breakfast. We never. We always went out. You don't want the breakfast in a conference centre. No, you're really. you're, you're going to get very generic sausages. Yeah, and nobody wow. likes a generic sausage. It certainly would have been a letdown after that Chinese meal. Yeah, yeah, and also we were quite cheap. Like, you could get a room for two people for, like, 60 quid, but breakfast would turn it out to 100. Right. Sold that. Go to Mackey D's. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, so my last one, this is this is quite short, but when uh, – this is a friend who told me this, and she told me it without hearing where we were talking – well, we haven't specifically spoken about – these that this uh screen memory thing but we have bought it up in different episodes and yeah. i think like i haven't done it because mike cleland has been done his books have been done so many times on so many other different podcasts there's no point us trying to follow up the rear if you'll pardon the pun but mike cleland if you don't know has written uh books about how well one very notable book about the um the connection between alien abductions and owls and then there's a guy called paul seaburn who has written about um large-eyed animal screen memories and so you what you get in um alien abduction regressions is people saying well I was driving along the road and I saw all these deer and they had really big eyes. And then when these people are regressed, it turns out that this is a screen memory for an alien abduction. And that has been something that has fascinated me for ages, but I'd never really come across it in the real world and certainly not with anybody that I know. And this story just comes out of a random conversation i was having um with a friend in the pub and we were just talking about weird recurring dreams and i because I, I said oh i get this weird recurring dream where i'm in a bar with chris evans and somebody's trying to play the trumpet there's nothing paranormal about that it's just it's just a weird thing and i said why does my brain go do you know what tonight we'll just do chris evans the trumpet in a bar i don't know why now odd about that it's just can i, can I just point out that i know ben is referring to chris evans the british broadcaster and dj rather than the hollywood actor oh that's correct yes not yes. that not that it would matter it's a dream you can go a list if you, you like can, you can have whichever you want yes yes the the british radio host chris evans uh but she said she's told me well for as long as she can recall and she says she can remember, like, being in her toddler bed and remembering this. She has dreams about being in a field of wheat and the stalks are above her head and there's a full moon. 
and she's immediately aware, aware that she's being stared at by a herd of deer and in her own her own words very huge eyes almost paranormally huge and she feels that they're talking to her and I sort of stopped and I said look have you ever heard of Mike Cleland and she was like no and I said do you know what a screen memory is she said no I said do you know what alien reductions are and she said what the thing from the X-Files we're like okay so you're not in the same world as me and then when we I sort of went further into the conversation I said okay so so this dream how often does it happen he said well maybe like once every two weeks maybe once a month depending okay that's quite frequent it is and I said is it the same every time she said well yeah it's the same every time Uh, uh, there I am I'm in this field and she said the the two factors are there's moon it's huge it's brighter than I can ever imagine a moon. It's huger than I can ever imagine a moon. And there's all these deer with these huge eyes and they come over to me and they're talking to me. And I said, what are they talking to you about? She said, well, all sorts of things. I'm like, well, how are they talking to you? Oh, telepathically. Well, what are they saying? Oh, they're talking to me about like mundane stuff, like about shoppingness and stuff. But sometimes they're talking about like new and innovative energy forms. I was like, what are you talking about? New and innovative energy forms. She was like, yeah, yeah. Sometimes they like, there was one that was talking to me about hydrogen powered cars. I was like, how is this a normal dream? She said, well, I don't know that it's abnormal. It's just something that really happens to me. And I was like, right. Okay. So let me tell you about alien abductions and, the common themes and i said have you ever had you know for example missing time and she kind of looked at me and said well yeah but no more than normal people like what do you mean not more than normal people it's like well yeah sometimes like i will find that i'll get up at five in the morning and then like suddenly it's eight o'clock and all I've done is walk down the stairs, but that's just how normal people work. I said, well, that isn't how normal people work. That sounds to me like there's something more going on. Would you consider going for regression therapy? I said, no, not in a million years. So the story hangs there, sadly, listeners, but she claims so i think she is now i think she's 44 now so let's say that this has been going on for 42 years for 42 years she's had dreams of being in a towering field of wheat with a giant glowing orb above her and large-eyed telepathically enabled deer and she has had lost time between being in bed and being downstairs and i think this is like the weakest of the three stories because it doesn't really have a denouement but i thought it was worth including because if anybody like we we're for the believers the doubters and everyone in between i think if you're a believer you will be thinking right i think she's a candidate for alien reduction if you're a doubter, you're going to be saying she's eating too much Stilton. And can I, and can her, I just say, yeah, if you're in between, you're going to say, I've got no idea. Oh, 
no big idea. <laughs> um, I, I also love the fact, Ben, <laughs> she's saying, oh, you know, I just have this recurring dream. And you just jump in with, do you, do you think you might have been being abducted by aliens for the last 15 years? <laughs> I do present this show. Of course I say that. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> but if anybody else, it's very different. Like if somebody, when I tell you about my Chris Evans story, is anybody going to go, like, do you yeah. think there are aliens who are using Chris Evans as a screen memory, uh, but just chucking in a trumpet player? Just well, I hope that trumpet is not a probe. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Um, I, I thought that was really... I think that's a that, really I, strange I was, thing to have a recurring dream about. Yeah, I, well, I think, yeah. I just the, the features of it that do... Type, well, the, the frequency, number one, how often it happens... The things that they're telling them, yeah. hydrogen, hydrogen energy, all that kind of stuff. Wow, the imagery. Yeah. It, it, you said it was a cornfield as well. It's a cornfield. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And this person is not like you know. Like you said kind of knew what the X Files were. I mean, I guess some of that imagery probably was in the X Files, not the deer. Um, but yeah, obviously not some major UFO buff or sci-fi buff by the sounds of it. Oh, no, no, no. In those conversations, I've tried to explain to her about, you know, the Nimitz and the TikTok and stuff like that. She won't hear any of it. She, 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 well, she knows it all. <laughs> she was in them. <laughs> she, well, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but she thinks, no, it's all, it's all uh, sci-fi and baloney. And, wow. and I think perhaps she might secretly regret telling me about the big idea <laughs> because... <laughs> Yeah. I, 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 I was I, I immediately seized upon it and went my god I might be talking to an actual abductee yeah, yeah. But, I love that they were looking for a bit of reassurance that it was completely normal <laughs> and you've gone no you've been abducted by aliens for most of your life god knows what they're doing to you yeah <laughs> like can we check for anal probes yeah wow not in the pub no <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, well, although although we have had a few <laughs> moments of lost time in the pub, <laughs> that's true. Not, uh, they're not alien abduction related. No, no, they're explainable. They're explainable. Yeah. But I, I love think, those stories, Ben. This has been a great episode. Really I, amazing. I, I think the reason for telling these stories is not because they're not just because they're good narratives, but because. I think when people start talking about these subjects, most people do have a story. And and we all know that there's that sort of meme of, do you believe in ghosts? Well, no, but there was this one time when. But when you start expanding that out and you introduce people, and, and most of the reason these come from listeners, friends and colleagues is because they've heard something that they didn't know about and said, ah, that relates to something in my life. And so then they, they've, they've heard an episode of ours yes. and gone, oh, that's triggered something in me, which yes. is amazing in itself. That's, that's fantastic. Yes. Uh, and, and I really do think that the cot imposter, I can't find the only rational explanation, the only one is that she was sort of traumatised in, mm. you know, in, in a, parent, a parental sense um, and also heavily dreaming. Uh, 
but but the fact that she had never ever un- heard the concept of a doppelganger until she'd heard our episode and then mm. told me this story and said i think that might have been a doppelganger mm. is is remarkable and it just made me think i wonder how many other people are harboring stories like this where they just put it down to no that's just the madness of being human well which which was exactly how the episode with uh misha paris and monet started you know it's like oh i should tell you my paranormal story and it was just like okay <laughs> that's pretty big but that's what's fascinating about it as well you're right when you do start talking to people about stuff stories come out but like you i'm when i well when we started this i thought those conversations would lead to people saying yeah i saw this kind of slightly white blur that appeared for like two seconds and then disappeared i've been shocked that you know when you do talk to people the stories with this level of detail and strange occurrences that come out you know that there are so many of them and i think yeah. it leads it leads me on to say what's been really interesting about this episode is you know a it was sparked by stuff that we've talked about people listening to us which is lovely but also that people have come forward and said look i don't really want to be on the show i don't mm. want my name on the show but this is what happened to me and i i uh, that level of trust, I think, for people who, for whatever reason, don't want that, I think is great. And uh, certainly, it's something we probably don't say that often on the show, that, it, you know, if you send us stuff either via social media uh, or, or via the platforms that we're on, like Podbean, just if, you, if you've got a story, we won't have to name you. We can use a different name or, like we've done today, not really refer to anybody directly by name. But mm. it's amazing to hear those stories, to share them. And I think that there are this huge group of people out there who don't talk about this stuff because of fear of ridicule or people just going, well, you're mad or, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. But certainly our experience well i'll speak for me my experience of doing this podcast and talking to people people who are not into the paranormal in any way shape or form that they not only eventually want to share their story with you but also i think it's a relief that somebody's listening to them and not going yeah you're crazy you were you were crazy or you had some temporary insanity moment yeah that's right that's right and what this made me think of is we've got to get ready for Halloween. Yeah. We're trying to cook up a bit of a Halloween special with lots of different topics. But if you've got a story around what are the topics that we've already done or could inspire us to look into something that we haven't done, we'd love to hear it because there's loads and loads of shows that do sort of real-life ghost stories and they sort of present them and then leave them but it'd be quite nice to look at the the whole thing like i i'm really proud of the doppelgangers episode because we did go really deep into historical um doppelganger sightings which made it more exciting to find that somebody had got a contemporary one 
and the fact that the doppelganger was uh, a very much alive and kicking baby. If you got more of those, we'd love to turn that into a sort of a paranormal story soiree where we're not just picking up the stories and presenting them because it's Halloween, but looking at some of the historical significance of them and yeah. what other people might have seen throughout the ages, which yeah. um, sort of verifies what it is that it was that you saw. And um, I'd love a few of those to get in the bag for October so that we could make something really special. Yeah, and, and, as, and as I said, if you want to provide those anonymously just say so in in your message to us yeah exactly exactly and and also i'd be equally impressed and we should definitely do them if you encountered something like that and then years later found a solution to it you know that was unexpected but you found out oh actually it wasn't an imposter baby my sister had left her baby in that cot while she got a drink and then she took it back to her bedroom. And for 20 years, I've thought it was a doppelganger. And then it was only in a drunken conversation down the pub that I told my sister that story. She said, no, no, that was the night I left my baby in that cot for 10 minutes. You know, something like that. I think those are equally as interesting. Very good. Weirdly, you say that because I did... Um I did uh, post something uh, on social media the other week because I, I just saw it and it was just hilariously funny, if not <laughs> not a bit evil. But um, it was a video of a dad and the, the caption just said, uh, my teenage daughter and her friends are upstairs doing the Ouija board. And he he was at the fuse box just turning the fuse in that bedroom <laughs> on and off. <laughs> and there was screams coming from upstairs. And, you know, I did think, you know, hopefully he told them it was him. But if he didn't, you could see that kind of... That could be found out, 1050s. So, yeah, it doesn't have to be, yeah, I found out it was my dad kind of playing with the fuse box. They're just as interesting as stories that... Uh, are more unsolved or, or, or mysterious. Well, they, um, they are, because it leads us closer to finding the solution of whether these things really are paranormal, whether there is a rational explanation or whether there is a third way to, to you know, to rationalise some of these things that are going on. Yeah. And, and actually, on, on that note, I'm just going to say that um, I have noticed... Uh, some people have sent us messages on Facebook about various things, but both me and Ben have been kind of full on with other stuff. So uh, don't think we're being rude by not getting back. It's just we've been very busy and we will try and get back to you as, as soon as we can. Uh, oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Sorry if we haven't got back to you. Um, my dog has needed a lot of laser treatment for arthritis this week. Not even joking. We've... We've spent a lot of time in the vet, so um, he's feeling better now. So uh, we'll get back to you. Yeah, I don't like you calling me your dog. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. I, I love that episode, Ben. Really good work. Thank you for everyone who uh, shared stuff with us uh, for this episode because there were some great stories there. So, yeah, well, we'll be back next time on The Quantum Mechanics. Thanks for listening. 
yeah thank you for telling me your stories in confidence and please like subscribe and review if you've got five stars if you haven't then do not bother uh we'll see you next time bye bye the quantum mechanics.